Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, welcome back. It's Casey. Let's dive right in. All right. So first of all, welcome to all of our brethren who are here that are listening to the podcast episode that aren't CMOs, right? That aren't fractional CMOs. I know y'all are listening. We've got the chief technology officers and the chief revenue officers and the chief sales officers and the chief HR officers. You know, welcome. Excited that you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about your job is to think big, here's how. That's it. Your job is to think big, here's how. Thinking big is a muscle, and most people don't have that muscle developed in their body. They are just weak at it. When they think of their future, they think of linear growth from where they are. And uh, uh, I was reading um, Benjamin Hardy's book, 10x is bigger than 2x, and... Um, who not how, and personality is not permanent. These are really great books. And he talks about how if you think back 10 years ago to who you were, could you have really envisioned who you are today? The answer is probably not, right? You couldn't have envisioned where you are today. So it's probably safe to say that you can't really adequately envision where you're going to be in 10 years. But you can try. Man, you can try, right? And I don't think a lot of people are trying. They're solving the problem that's in front of them. They're solving the problem of like, um, I've got a pile of laundry and I got this client stuff to do and then I got to do that and then I got this thing and then tomorrow I've got this dinner and then like, whew, I can't wait to make it to the weekend. Or like whatever it is for them, they're not thinking big. They're not thinking like, what am I going to do in 10 years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? I'm a big fan of Dan Sullivan's work at Strategic Coach. And Dan has this beautiful process of a... 25-year vision. It's just audacious to consider it. And his belief is like, first, you're going to be 25 years older, so you might as well plan for it. And second, every quarter for the next 25 years constitutes 1% of the next 25 years. All you got to do is work on something and just improve it by 1% or get 1% closer every 90 days. You can take massive outcomes and you know, shrink them down into 90-day outcomes and be able to achieve them. How do you do that? Well, the first thing that you got to do is solve bigger problems in your life. So to think bigger, you have to have the spaciousness to think bigger and still get your stuff done. You can't just like uh, be a philosopher. Uh, There's a philosopher that I've actually been getting into on YouTube recently. And I, I'm just like interested in like how he thinks and it's so cool. And he talks about spending so much time just thinking he reads books and he has a notebook of his soliloquies, which are just like conversations with himself and um, note, uh, what does he call them? Um, commonplace notebooks, right? Uh, really neat ways for him to think about thinking and his own thinking and his thoughts. And while that's really like desirable, most of us don't have the capacity to create a notebook of soliloquies, like a notebook of conversations with ourselves. How do we create that? Well, first of all, we have to have the spaciousness to like desire it uh, and then uh, do it and then repeatedly do it. So how do we do that? Well, we have to solve big problems first. So one of our members 
inside the CMOX Accelerator. I'm thrilled for him. Um, I won't share who he is, but he recently announced that they're pregnant with another child. And he's feeling that really wonderful pressure that you feel when you have another kid coming. I, I remember it. I just uh, love that feeling. If you have kids, you know it, right? There's a feeling of, it's somewhere between like excitement and anticipation and maybe like a little like doom because like life's going to ultimately change and you're not going to have the same freedoms, at least for the next, you know, 18 to 20 years that you uh, experience right now. And as he's going through that, he said to me, Casey, I said to my wife, I have to solve bigger problems. And the first problem is I can't do laundry anymore. And I'm like, yes, right? Like, awesome. That's the bigger problem to solve. How do you solve the problem of laundry? Well, you just like outsource it. You find somebody to come to your house. Maybe you pay a parent to do it. Sounds weird, but like you could do that if someone's in your life like that. Or you could hire a service to pick it up. And I, I have like an admission of guilt here. We've been having our laundry picked up for years. Uh, but now with kids and my son getting particularly dirty because he's a dirt boy, um, we have to stain treat. And the laundry service doesn't do a good job stain treating. So I found myself last night stain treating clothes. And we have like those, that Dawn spray bottle. It's like the power spray, I think it's called. It like almost like atomizes the Dawn water. It's really great. It's the most effective thing we've used. But like your wrist gets sore after you go through the pile of clothes. And we like burn through a whole bottle of it. So we bought a big bottle of Dawn soap and, you know, read online how to make the recipe just because why not? And as I'm going through it and burning through this bottle, and my wrist is sore again, I realize, you know what I'm going to go get? I'm going to go get one of those pesticide pump bottles. So I ordered one from Vivo Sun on Amazon, and I think I got a 24-ounce bottle. I'm going to fill that up when it comes in the mail tomorrow with the Dawn dish soap and water, pump it like 50 times, and there it is. I have a gun that I can just spray on all the clothes. Just lay them all out and just nuke them all. That's solving a bigger problem, right? I wish I could solve it by just having someone do it, but... No one gets stains out of kids' clothes is what I'm seeing, which is a real bummer. Total great service that someone could offer. I'd pay a premium. Second to that, what's the big problem to solve? It's the gun. It's going to save me time. It's actually going to save me like discomfort and pain. Those are small problems, but they do free me up in my personal life. And my personal life is my professional life, right? Like there's, there's a continuum there. If I have freedom in the day, I can do things for me, for my family, for business, Right? Like, it's not like I have like a business life and a personal life. I just have life. So solving bigger problems is the first thing that you got to do. Solving bigger problems is identifying the biggest lever that you can move that moves the biggest weight. Like, think of this as really like, have you ever tried to take a lug nut off of the wheel of your car? If you do and you have just a small, like little, uh, whatever that's called, an X or a T wrench, that thing that's in the back of some cars... You try to twist it, it's really hard. But if you cheat it and you stick a big uh, pipe on the end of it, it doesn't take much effort on a really long pipe to turn a stuck bolt. That's leverage. That's just like a little bit of effort actually does something very difficult. So a little bit of focus on a big problem can solve a lot of downstream problems. Then sometimes it's a lot of effort on a big problem, solves a lot of downstream problems. But solving bigger problems is where you have to start. This is a mantra. You should write it down. You should consider it. You should think it, right? Like solve bigger problems. What are the biggest problems that I'm facing right now? This needs to be a regular conversation that you have with yourself. A conversation that says like, what are the problems in my life right now that I'm facing and how do I solve them? How do I get done with them? How do I finish them forever? How do I stroke a check? 
to spend 20 or 30 or 50 or $100 to get this done because I'm charging hundreds of dollars an hour in work. And previously, it would take me, let's say, two hours to do all the laundry, and now I get it done for less than what I get paid in as a fractional CMO, let's just say, in like a half hour, right? That could be true for you. You could have just freed up an hour and a half in your life. Why wouldn't you do that? So solve bigger problems. After you've solved bigger problems, like once you have the solution, and sometimes I'll just tell you, the solution is identifying the problem. It's counterintuitive. When you identify the problem, you have in many ways begun to solve it. So here's an example. In our house, so we've got this old uh, century home. It's uh, just under 100 years old. And um, we had some air conditioning issues. Okay? Just like the second um, zone, which was where my office is, the AC was turning on and off intermittently. Really, really frustrating, especially in the heat of the summer. Especially in an old house that's, you know, I have like windows and it's just like I was kind of getting baked in the office. Identifying the problem was... Okay, the AC went on and off. But then we've got the smart thermostats, and there's this really neat uh, website called like BSTAT, is what it's called, bstat.io. Really neat uh, website that syncs with your data, and it shows you a graph of like external temperature, internal temperature, and then uh, any short cycling issues. By looking at the data, I saw the moment that the intermittent issue began. As far as I'm concerned, I solved the problem because I identified the problem and then all I had to do was call the service company to come over and fix it. I said, here's the issue. And I showed them the data and they were like, oh, well, that makes sense. That looks like it's an issue with you know, your um, drain and there's probably something in it and then they blew some nitrogen in it and it fixed it only to come back a little bit later and I identified it the same way with the same data set. It's like data focus. I solved the bigger problem. Right? The bigger problem is like, it's this thing. Like I'm confident, like we all can agree that this is the only reason that it would happen. They agreed, they kept clearing it, and finally they cleared the line for good. Um, it took them a long time. It took them three visits and a lot of dudes climbing up in my attic, which was uncomfortable for them. <laughs> but they solved it. And I solved the problem by identifying the problem and then just calling someone to solve it. I don't know really how the drain line drains out of my house. I can't really envision where it goes. Does it go over me in the office and down the outside? Does it go down a, a drain pipe? Um, does it just spill out into the gutter off the roof? I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Right? It, it doesn't matter. Because I have the data that says that my unit is working well. I'm not short cycling. And I'm not you know, frustrated with like being too hot in the office. So I identified the problem. I identified the reason for the problem as far as I could understand it that it was just short cycling. And then I called an expert and they solved it. I tell this to you because you don't have to know where the drain pipe is. What's the equivalent in marketing? You don't have to know how the JavaScript grabs the variable and adds it to a web form. You just need to know that it does it, like that it's successful. Solving the problem isn't becoming an expert in every single piece of marketing technology. Solving the problem is identifying the problem and figuring out who can solve it. This is why you want to work with clients that are a little more affluent, right? Clients that are more successful. You want to work with companies that aren't, generally speaking, you know, startups that are super broke. When you work with a super broke startup or a startup that just raised friends and family or a Series A, maybe a Series A and B is okay. Um, but those companies tend to want to squeeze every ounce of labor out of every single person. And that's just not where you need to be as a fractional CMO. 
I'd rather see you in a larger organization that has more consistent cash flow, where the pressure isn't so significant, and also where you have the opportunity to make enormous upside for the client, where you can like really help them because forever they've run their business a certain way, which is generate business through a relationship or whatever. And now you're adding marketing and you're helping their sales team grow and you're selling products direct or um, you know, doing just different things to help them. If you're doing that type of fractional CMO work, you're going to be able to identify big problems and then find the consultant or the contractor or the new team member or the agency that you can pull in to execute it. This is the shift. The answer is not um, like I have to learn everything about what this possible problem could be. And the real answer is I need to just go spend a hundred bucks to get someone's time for 30 minutes and just ask them the question. What would you do in this situation? And they tell you the answer. And then boom, you go make a hiring choice based on that. That's a better place to go. That's solving a bigger problem. So once that bigger problem is solved, which is many times just identified, you delegate everything except leadership. This is the next line. Delegate everything except leadership. People are looking for a leader. You're accountable. At the end of the day, you're the one throat to get choked on all things marketing. So you got to be accountable. But you have to delegate the work out to other people. I want you to be able to add in, let's say, 10 new people over the next 12 or 24 months to your biggest client. 10 new full-time marketing staff members. I want you to work at less as a result of that, not more, less. More people coming in, you're gonna work less. You might say, but Casey, what about all the people reporting to me? Yeah, simplify that. Simplify the way that they report to you. All right, we've got a whole process inside the CMOX Accelerator on how to do that, but that's the idea. You wanna delegate everything except leadership. So then what do you do with the rest of your time? You do the hardest thing, which is practice predicting the future. You look around corners. You try to figure out what's gonna break. You become the person who is stress testing things, who's opting in on their phone, just kind of like, you're just like, you know, thinking about your client. You're like, all right, I'm gonna go to the website. I'm gonna go to the main opt-in. I'm gonna opt-in. I'm gonna see the experience. Is anything broken? You're gonna be that person. You're gonna shop it. You're gonna check it out, right? You're just gonna like look for what's happening. You're gonna look at the data and think, hmm, what are the implications of that data? What are the implications of these things happening in this way versus that way? You're going to see an announcement from a company that just raised the Series B that's maybe in a similar space to your client, and you're going to go look at their website, and you're going to see what you can learn about them and their marketing. Maybe you use a little bit of your marketing budget from your client and go buy their product or service and kind of shop it and see it and experience it. You see what's happening in, in, in like the market, and you kind of predict the future. Okay, who's going to come and try to take our market share? What's gonna happen with AI? What's gonna to happen to SEO with AI? Hmm? If everyone can just like build a 500 page website in two hours, right? Like you, you could do that right now if you wanted. So what does that mean if your website is, your client's uh, web traffic is primarily coming from SEO? That's possibly a negative, right? How do you get in front of that? How do you predict the future? That's where your strength comes in. Much of the same way, what happens if you keep eating the way you're eating? What happens if you keep exercising or not exercising the way that you are? What happens if you don't focus on your mobility right now? Are you going to get sarcopenia, muscle wasting? Are you going to find yourself in 20 or 30 or 40 years being under-muscled and you're going to have your hip break and that's going to be like the end of you? Right? Maybe. If you predicted the future, you might say, yeah, Casey, that's actually the route that I'm on right now. 
What about the people that you're hanging out with? Are you in a community of people that want to see you successful and are supporting you? Or are you just kind of like being a single Pringle doing this all by yourself, just like trying to push? You could probably do it, but it's hard and it's not nearly as fun as having a community of people that want to see you supported, right? Want to see you successful. So as you think through your role, you got to think that your job is to think big. So how do you think big? You solve bigger problems. And when you identify the problem, oftentimes just the identification of the problem is the solution. Then you delegate everything except leadership. And then you practice predicting the future. And this is where you spend your time. So if you want to have a book of soliloquies and have conversations with yourself, you can't do that right now and keep your income and keep you know, everything else going on in life. You have to simplify, get better at thinking, get better at understanding yourself, the way that you think, improve your thinking, and then surround yourself with people that want to see you successful. So if that's you and I can help you and you like this kind of stuff, I'd love to help. Um, check out CMOX. Just go to CMOX dot com slash invite and see what we got going on if we can help you you can just uh, opt in um, and then book a time with my team and we'll ask you a couple questions and see if we can help you that's it that's how easy it is super low pressure um, we're helping a lot of people do a lot of really great stuff i'm super excited about it uh, i love the people who are committed to their own growth if that's you we'd love to help if it's not you totally get it you know maybe it's not the path for you but I just love folks who are, you know, doubling their income, sending all their kids to private school, not being overly stressed about money. I mean, you're always stressed about money, right? Um, when you're sending your kids to private school, sure. But like not overly stressed, right? Able to afford it. You know, those things are really exciting to like watch people become the version of themselves that isn't limited by money and have the time freedom to do what they want, to take the time off that they want, to travel, to work from wherever. It's just a really beautiful thing to watch. So if I can support you, come over to cmox.co slash invite. If not, keep listening to these. We'll keep uh, making them for you. All right, hope you're well. See ya. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 